Hey, hey guys, I hope everybody's doing good. Welcome to the Off The Map Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Bear, of course, and I uh, hope everybody's been doing good. I, uh, of course, just got another episode out here for you guys. I'm very excited about this episode. So this one, it's actually uh, more just related to being on the mat all the time. So it's going to be my episode where we're going to be talking about the ranks. It's just myself, so it's nothing uh, where it's going to be too special, just my my same old voice. And then we're going to identify the ranks. So um, before we get into it, um, I just went over the episode a little bit, and I do want to just say that to get you mentally set that this episode is going to help you prepare uh, just to to have a good understanding for ability-wise. There's a lot of different perspectives you can take on the maturity of the rank as you go through these. So um, this is going to be talking heavily on um, what to expect uh, kind of with your technique and where your mindset is at whenever it comes to how you're breaking down your techniques. And imagine whenever you are competing or you are um, you know pushing hard at the gym, what decisions you're making that are very important to help you make a difference in your game whenever it comes to your growth. So these things that I am going to be talking about in this episode, it's going to be um, pertaining to um, you know uh, the, the physical way we get our technique uh, into our game and how we integrate that. So I hope everybody enjoys. And um, man, without further ado, have a go y'all. Os. So as we talk about this journey, uh, I want to go ahead and just make sure whenever I first uh, explain my perspective, jujitsu is uh, is different for everybody, and that's pretty much going to be a I guess a generic spitball uh, reiteration of my perspective on jujitsu. So it's just like scribble scrabble. So just imagine there's a point A, and that's the beginning, and then there's a point B. That will never reach, but let's just say that there is an ending somewhere in our jujitsu. It's uh, not going to be a black belt. Uh, hopefully not for us. Hopefully we never stop, and it's an ongoing thing, so we never get to that B. But we do get accomplishments that satisfy us along the way. So uh, imagine that point A to point B. Now you have a line going right. The most efficient way is a straight line. But I feel like in my life, and probably some other folks might agree, in their life, uh, it's not always just going to be. Uh, as simple as that, everybody's going to have their own journey and their own uh, their own choices of making uh, uh, techniques happen, um, investing in um, philosophies, seeing how things work and how they can be lucrative versus just seeing a move. Or maybe if you just learn moves, maybe uh, some folks are dedicated of uh, going inverted and they just want to be upside down and that's something that they've been wanting to do. And a uh, uh, shout out to uh, Ian Acorn right now. He's my white belt that's been uh, doing jujitsu for a year, and uh, man, he wants, he's always looking for the buggy choke, the buggy choke, and he gets it. He gets it more often than not, and uh, you know, I believe that's the beauty of jujitsu, how it's such a scribble-scrabble kind of uh, just everywhere kind of uh, situation. So um, yeah, I just want to kind of talk about the that journey, how it's just such a mess. It's chicken scratch, but uh, everybody finds their way. Everybody finds their their path and develops as long as you just keep going and you keep investing then you just keep having a good time you keep getting better you keep growing and you keep just building relationships along the way and uh, at ohana that's basically our uh, our mission statement you know to build long-lasting relationships help people become the best versions of themselves through jujitsu so um and of course other martial arts now we got muay thai and all these other things so you know it always expands and that's kind of like the essence of this so it's cool to see 
Um, guys, like I mentioned, Ian, uh, going for uh, like the buggy choke, you know, working from side control, you know, and then there's like things that help us develop along the way. And uh, and one thing, um, if I can be very transparent and Ian, I, me and him, I, I, we have a really good uh, relationship. So um, it's something that I do mention with him. But if I've only invested in just the buggy choke and I don't go anywhere else and then I'm only doing that from side control, well, then I'm limiting my game to where eventually I'm going to maybe do very well up until let's say purple belt but then i stunt my growth it's just a uh up uh, just straight up shot of a on a on a graph of my progress but then it ends up plateauing and um you know i'm not i'm not trying to to show uh like i know much about formations or anything but like a mesa you know a plateau where it just like a you know goes up and then just goes flat and then you know it just continues uh to keep going straight so um, if we don't invest in not just the move, but like uh, the the being lucrative with it, getting in and out, finding ways to do it, then that's going to be a whole nother thing in itself, right? So uh, let's back up. Let me talk a little bit about the belts and then what we should be expecting throughout our belt journey whenever it comes to um, the ranks that we do get. The white belt that we do receive uh, that's going to be something that you get whenever you first walk in. You sign up, you get that, you get that gi, you get your belt, you put that bad boy on, and then you just start getting, you get beat up, you get put through the ringer. You understand that uh, that that there's a lot of ins and outs to this game. There's a lot of intricacies, and you have to just perform and show up and just don't give up. Basically, learn how to shrimp, learn how to get out of bad stuff, learn how to deal with annoying things before they become, or just so they don't become bigger issues, or they just eventually go away, and they're things that um, aren't as much of a problem down the road, and it's really cool to see. I remember whenever I first started, I was doing, um, I was going for a takedown, and my my uh, original coach, uh, Salazar, Marcelo Salazar from BTT, um, he's moved on to, uh, to Florida, he, uh, I remember I was going for a single leg, boom, grabbed him. And I just try to tackle him. Like I was really, I didn't know I was going for a single leg. I just grabbed a leg and I just tried to run, 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 run across the mat. And he was just hopping on one foot, stiff arm in my face. And he was like, yeah, man, you're going to be good. You just got to keep coming in while well, he was just like saying that. And uh, now that I look back at it, he was probably just like, uh, you know, hyping me up, of course, just trying to sell the jujitsu and just like, uh, you know, having a good time doing it. But um, you just kind of build, you know, you build and you understand uh, shrimp get to a guard, recover, and try to get a base. You understand the motions, trying to get uh, uh, understand that you can't be swept whenever you're in somebody's guard or you're, in, you're behind somebody's legs. You want to get around their legs. Uh, their feet are going to be planted on you somewhere, so you got to get that off you, unravel whatever it is, so then you can get to a better position. And why do we want to get into a better position is going to be something we're going to learn as a white belt why you're going to be trying to jock for a more comfortable position. And a lot of the times you're already going to be in a dominant position, but then you turn around and then you are in a, um, you are in, uh, you know, a position where uh, you have more things to do. How can you get there? What else can you do? Are you, are you scared of getting out because you don't have good recovery? So these things are, are uh, mindsets that can be had and they can be uh, built early in our game and if we do have to develop them a little bit later that does hinder our progress so you can uh, imagine like a uh, progress chart um, just going up and up and up and up and just percentages just shooting up at the same time 
well, whenever your your time is going on, that percentage might slow down. That's if we don't have a good understanding of maybe the lucra- the the um, how lucrative a move may be, right? How fluid we can be whenever we can turn it into a, you know a, a whole another system like a, a key lock, for example. So, whenever you're a white belt. You are learning how to move, get in and out of positions, but you're also learning how to defend. You're trying to to uh, just tap a little bit less every day, and you're going to tap out a whole lot and for a long time, and we all do. And that's the beauty of it because jiu-jitsu really doesn't give a damn about us, and we just got to make sure we respect that and we continue to uh, push forward to make sure that we uh, – yeah, make sure that we respect the rules of jujitsu so we can last a little bit longer, right? Somebody's always going to try to do it better than us. So if we even don't make the mistake, somebody might be doing it faster than we do. So, uh, you know, you can still not, um, you know, you can still improve. There's still things that can that can uh, make your game that much better. So once you start to develop and realize, oh, my God, I can sweep somebody. Let's say you start learning what a scissor sweep is and you start implementing that more and more and more. You develop your scissor sweep. Now uh, you're able to kind of get out of side control. You're able to get out of mount. You're able to kind of recover a little bit. And then you can uh, do a move where you can sweep somebody. Maybe you can even do a submission off of your back. Now you're building progress. Now you're starting to recognize what base is. You're starting to recognize momentum, building key components on grips, and then taking advantage of some sort of system that you're getting familiar with to get in that better position. Now you're starting to realize you want to get around somebody's legs. You want to get uh, somebody off of you, so you got to sweep them. So you start implementing these techniques that start helping you build that fluidity that we're talking about. Once you start building that fluidity, you start implementing those those um, techniques, and uh, maybe they're still clunky because you're a white belt. Once you start building that uh, that uh, that game plan and recognizing it smoother and smoother, uh, that's whenever you start getting closer to being that seasoned white belt. Start building those stripes. Usually at our gym, you get a stripe in in like the first three months, maybe of uh, of your game of your jujitsu journey because. Um, you know, you've lasted already a long time getting tapped out. So that's just kind of like a, hey, you made it, congratulations. But once you start going for that second stripe, that's going to start changing. You know, some people might be com- competing right away. Some people might have competed immediately, and then I just wait, and then I'll give them two stripes later on down the road. Um, there's a girl named Ray Lynn that I did that to, and she was very deserving of it. And, um, you know, she's been doing jujitsu for about a year now, and she still continues to come in, and she was surprised whenever she was even called um, for her for her stripes. And uh, it was a trip. It was a trip because that's this the cool thing about people that are humble about their approach to jujitsu, and they just want to keep getting better. So uh, she's done a couple tournaments since then, and uh, she just continues to grow. So shout out to Ray Lynn and, uh, you know, those white belts that continue to push, and they continue just to uh, invest in their game. And, yeah, you still get um, multiple stripes sometimes in – and your uh, belts. Sometimes whenever you get promoted, you don't even get, um, you know, a stripe. You get, just move on to the next belt. So uh, that happened to me whenever I was a purple belt. I was a purple belt for five, six years, five years straight, and uh, no stripes. I just got my brown belt. And um, that was a, that was a tough lesson. But um, 
you know, whenever you start building that white belt season, white belt technique, and you start getting a little bit more fluid with your ins and outs, uh, that's whenever you start, you know, getting into that blue belt kind of uh, game where you start recognizing like you got to get somebody off you and you're active whenever you move and you're trying to build some sort of game plan. You have an idea. It's foggy, but you are always starting to work on getting some kind of grip. And then you're always trying to get some kind of technique, whether it's a sweep or a submission or a pass, take down a defense, a recovery, something you're trying to work. And that's going to help you go into a familiar place. So if you're jockeying for a familiar location and then you find success in that spot, that's whenever I start feeling like you start getting into that blue belt zone. Once you start getting into that blue belt zone, then you start learning how to work on two different techniques. Now you got to make sure you start working on two different techniques from every position. Now it's like, a, you know, you're on your back and you're in full guard. You do a scissor sweep to your left. You got to make sure you do your scissor sweep to your right. That's not two different techniques. So that's just two different directions. So then whenever you start working on maybe like a, uh, you know, we said the scissor sweep. Now let's go ahead and transition to the uh, the spider guard sweep. Put the foot on the bicep, got that spider guard grip, boom, scissor sweep with the foot in the bicep instead. And now you got your second technique. It's not working. Now you change direction. But if you don't want to do the, the scissor sweep, you got your spider guard sweep. You don't want to do the spider guard sweep. You got your scissor sweep. So now you're building two techniques from one position, but then you got two different directions. Now it's just becoming like the Swiss army knife. You go from just having one blade to having like uh, the corkscrew. Now the corkscrew might not be the most popular thing, but it's useful. Now you're starting to realize like, hey, we're cooking. We're starting to make the person move. We're starting to make a move and get them off their balance. And we're really, we're like building some kind of progress in our game. And this is where I believe that the, the, uh, fluidity of your game where I, I guess the key word today for this particular episode is fluidity with our, our game being fluid and, and having a streamlined kind of game where uh, it's not so clunky and you don't give up you start going in and out of your techniques and then exchanging things that work for things that might have been stopped they might have been shut down they might have been uh, the opportunity might have come and gone or you might have missed the grip or the person reacted weird all these different reasons but you're just picking up and moving as they go. So you have a game plan. As you get your blue belt, you start developing this game. So a lot of folks, maybe they're, they're guard pullers nowadays. So, um, you know, people pull guard. And then depending on what you do from there, right, leg lasso, daily heva, you know, all these kinds of different techniques that can be implemented. And uh, you start uh, getting comfortable with a system. So um, I know that we got a, a, a brown belt at HQ. His name is G Gerardo. And, uh, man, the dude's legit. I've always had a hard time rolling with them. And, um, and I, I, he just popped in my head right now, whenever I'm thinking about people that have a developed game. Now he is a brown belt, but, um, he's always invested in his, like, uh, his guard game and, uh, from the get go. So I, I've known him for quite some time and the, the things that he's doing nowadays, they're, they're, modified and built and added onto from the foundation that he had uh, established uh, years and years ago whenever he was just trying to make sure that he was implementing his system. So he has all these different techniques from all these different kinds of guards, but uh, he recognizes a system playing off of his back. Uh, as myself, I like to go for takedowns. I like to go for guard passes. Uh, the phrase of smash and pass is something that was popular whenever I first started. And um, I think it's still kind of something. But in 2022, it's just so weird to say. So, uh, you know, smash and pass in the, in the jiu-jitsu world. Um, but then, you know, even in the jiu-jitsu world in 2022, it's all weird. So um, I like to 
break guards down and I like to get around them. So then I can go ahead and make sure that I just continue to make my progress and then uh, continue to uh, be explosive in my jujitsu. So, um, you know, some folks, uh, they have their games, they have their, their ways that they approach the game. And some folks might even think that I might have been funny or, or weird about the way that I'm talking about jujitsu and, and the whole you know, recognizing people's feelings, but I definitely want to make sure that that's not something I'm trying to encroach on whenever I, uh, I mention like, uh, those things and just being funny about it. It's just a crazy world that we live in. So we just got to make sure we tolerate everybody. So, um, smashing and passing in regards to the techniques, uh, getting around the legs, pushing the knees down, and then just getting into a better spot. So I control mount so I can get closer to my submission. So, you know, whenever you start developing those games, whether it's top or on bottom, you got your, um, you know, your guard passing or you got your sweeps or your submissions off the back. Um, it's it's uh, one of those things that you want to make sure that you're developed and you're strong at, right? Now, that's going to be whenever you're into like that purple belt phase where you know a lot of jujitsu terms, you know a lot of the lingo, you can understand a technique in regards to seeing it and then it can be, you can rep, you can uh, replicate it, you can go and try it and then if it, if it works, great. If it doesn't, you have kind of an idea of why it might not work, right? By the time you're a purple belt, you understand how leverage is important, how, uh, you know, how details and, and invisible jujitsu is something that you start implementing into your game where you start turning your wrists a certain way and having a grip the the way that professor showed it and your knuckles are pointing the the way that he says and the the leverage is going to be over uh, over you instead of over over on the side or or maybe it is on the side and the opposite just depending on where it's at it's important to um to start implementing those little little details right so by the time you start getting into the brown belt phase you definitely have your game You've already established kind of like a, a good round, uh, uh, well-rounded game. So you have your system. Uh, so you might be comfortable with your takedowns, your smash and pass, making sure you're getting uh, everything, uh, you know, knocked out uh, the way you see fit but if you get put on your back well you're comfortable or the other way around right two people pull guard you stand up then you're just you're just ready to go ahead and work on passing a guard and shutting it down so there's these kinds of things by the time you get to brown belt where you want to be well-rounded and you want to be comfortable being out of your comfort zone so it's not quick that you get to your brown belt um i believe it was it was eight years for me and um you know, it was a very, very funny year. It was a very fun time of, of waiting and, and working to get out to, to that time. But that the, the brown belt, it's going to be where you start polishing everything, where you start really polishing and you're, you're already added everything pretty much to your game. You got a lot of things down, but now you're getting comfortable with, uh, you know, the essence of jujitsu. This whole journey is never going to stop. And uh, you're willing to take on that next level of people that are going to be uh, black belts as long as you've been training. And then that's my case. I've been doing jujitsu for just a little over 12 years. And um, there's people that are black belts that are black belts for 20 something years. And it's just like, all right, slap hands, bump fists, let's go. And you just have some fun. And uh, that's the beauty of jujitsu. You know, you start off as this white belt. But then you get to this black belt level and then all of a sudden it just starts all over again. Like you just, oh yeah, you just got to keep learning. Now it's just like, what else? What else is there? There's other responsibilities as a as a black belt. You know, you got to make sure you, you're you able to uh, to recognize things in the gym. If you're a gym owner, you got to make sure you're able to keep like an atmosphere. You're able to recognize prog processes on everybody, progress on everybody. You're able to go ahead and, and, and connect 
if you don't have a connection and a relationship with your students and uh you know what's you know what's the whole point you know i mean i see people that go out and compete and they kill it and then they just they have a, a very strong relationship with their with their professors and um, i believe that that is a very key thing the guys that are at the top of their game are very close and very trusting with who they work with and uh you know it's beautiful whenever you see that in a gym whenever you see everything working full force like it is at west but um man that that white belt you identify a lot you start you know you just deal with getting beat up that blue belt you start identifying so those techniques that work for you and then you start working on a couple different techniques and then you start identifying all these different techniques that you were in as a white belt and then start putting some moves to them so now you got about two moves from guard half guard side control knee shield uh, spider guard leg lasso all these different things you got two different techniques to go boom 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 different ways so then you just can continue to uh make your game more versatile now you get your your um you know purple belt you start feeling what's the strongest for you and then you start implementing more and more in that and then feeling where your weaknesses are patching those up making sure you're ready to go if you're uh if you're wanting to really get that brown belt quicker then you're going to be competing and testing that purple belt um system that you're trying to to implement for yourself and see how it works see what works for your body what doesn't work for your body and then you just continue to get after it so i would say purple belt was my most winningest uh, rank i would go out there and i would just get after it have some fun and um man it was just uh it was really cool to go out and um and win as much as i did but the i just never won worlds i got close to getting on the podium just never won and it was uh it's it's awesome and you know adult worlds um but goddamn it was just the toughest one of the toughest things just trying to um be uh on the podium so um, for all those people that go out there and compete, man, just keep getting after it. It doesn't matter where you end up on the podium because that journey is always going to make us better. And everybody knows that. Uh, with that, uh, that being said, um, you know, we get to that, that black belt, you know, that black belt is just basically, you've been doing jujitsu for so long that, you know, you, you're going to understand jujitsu and then, uh, you can see things and you can implement them almost immediately. You can, you can tell what's, more than likely going to be working and you can see what needs uh, uh further assistance in a technique or what might have a hole and then uh you know we still have like our coral belts you know whenever you put in years and years in you know i believe by that time you know it's just a matter of making sure you, i'm taking care of that blood pressure and everything as long as i live long enough hopefully i get that and uh <laughs> have that uh wrapped around me whenever i'm an old man but um you start getting uh, your stripes and you start making that progress and your professor sees fit from uh, white to brown and he just or she just gives you your, your rank and your stripes uh, as that time goes. So it might be one to two years that you're a white belt, um, you know, two to three years that four years that you're a blue belt, five years, six years that up for me that I was a, a purple belt and then... Um, you know, you're usually like uh, two years whenever you're a brown belt. So it fluctuates. You know, some people, they'll get their purple belt quick and then they're a purple belt forever. That's what happened with me. I uh, was a purple, I was a white belt for one year and then a blue belt, I believe, for uh, like a year and then a purple belt for like six. So it was, you know, it was fun. It was a challenge and it was just uh, one of those things. Or maybe I was a white uh, blue belt for two years and then I was a, a purple belt for five, something like that. So, um, I love the journey. I love the journey. Never slowed down, never stopped. And it was one of those things that just, uh, 
man, I hope everybody enjoys it. I hope everybody experiences what I did. And I know it's all chicken scratch, but it's just one of those things you just keep getting after. Recognize every position that you can. Start just putting a little bit of investment into every position. And then just keep doing that everywhere, every time. Just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Hopefully your gym has a curriculum. Hopefully that you're able to build. And then you can recognize what you learned yesterday. So then it stays a little bit more in your head. And then you can just maybe get a journal. So then you can keep adding on to it. And as those years go by, you can see the rank coming. And you can see your game building. And then you just keep having that fun with your game and your progress. And uh, those ranks, those belts getting wrapped around the waist. And those uh, medals getting put around the neck. And the journey, you know, maybe not getting your hand raised all the time. But getting better, no doubt. And uh, having a good time doing it. So hopefully everybody has a good atmosphere that they're in. And they're healthy uh, both uh, in their body and in their mind. And then uh, same thing with their team, right? It's a very important thing that you have a healthy relationship with your coaches, with your teammates, with, um, you know, everybody around you. And then hopefully you even have a good relationship with your opponents. You know, like uh, I love the people that I go against. I love building the relationships. I love the fact that I got a homie, Misa. Uh, he's going to be coming uh, from California, and then there's a guy that uh, that uh, we went against one time, and then I'm his rival. It's funny he, he, we he, rem- he we remembered going against each other, and he's uh and he's right. <laughs> if he ever runs into me again, he'll be happy to go against me, and I love it. I love the fact that there is like people out there that you leave a mark on that make you that just want to be better. That's going to make you be better. And um, man, at the end of the day, that's probably the the best thing that I can leave this episode on. So uh, uh, just. Keep having a good time. Keep getting after it. Get a journal. uh, Stay healthy. And uh, listen to your body. So whenever you got to recover and take a break, take that little break. But then you don't take too long so you can keep getting after it. And then you don't lose out too much on your cardio. I love you guys. Hope everybody's been healthy. Hope everybody's been happy. I can't wait to see everybody here soon. My hernia surgery was uh, really good. And uh, I'm looking forward for this week to go by so that I can just at least be walking back onto the mat next week and then uh, just hanging out with everybody. So uh, cheers, everybody. Hope everybody's uh, healthy, happy. And then I'll see you guys here soon, all right? Take it easy, everybody. Us.